Hello and welcome to the Business of Property podcast. I'm Stuart. And I'm Simon. We're both property people running our own business and this podcast is just us chatting as we often do about anything and everything property. And Simon, we were just chatting about property and getting Until into it. Until you rudely it. interrupted me and said, stop talking and start recording. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I think you're being polite to me. I don't think I used that many words. I think I just said record. (laughs) (laughs) Because you were right, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Because we are talking about things that you're doing in the market. As as people that have been listening will know that you have some capital now. You are looking to buy, but you are also looking to rent as well. So if you can just refresh our memories of what's going on. I can't remember quite what I've... I've said in previous weeks and, and what I haven't, but my current situation is I am looking to, to buy a property and I'm looking for another property that's just like most of the other rental properties I have, which is a two or three bed family home, uh, looking to then be be put out into the, the single let market. And I have not been very proactive in looking at the moment because I've been trying to avoid um, physical viewings because of of obviously the the whole COVID risk stuff. However, I recently found one that was empty. So I thought, okay, that's pretty low risk. It'll just be me and an agent. We wear masks and keep our distance from each other and things. And uh, that should be okay. So so I actually went and had a viewing on on this house, even though obviously it was, there's no one living there hasn't been for some while. The, the the viewing was still done sort of under COVID safe restrictions. So I wasn't allowed to touch anything, which is so weird when you're, when you're viewing a house. I mean, I couldn't even open doors to walk into rooms and the agent had opened most of the doors already, but a couple of them auto closed. So it's like he, he pushes the door open, you walk into the room and then the door closes. Um, how do I get out of the room? <laughs> Excuse me, Mr. Agent, can you let me out, please? <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, very, very strange. Uh, but yes, where was I going with this? Oh, yes, I went to look at a house. I remember now. <laughs> I, I chose this house to, to actually be able to view because it was uh, empty. I also was quite interested in it because it'd been reduced a little bit. Not, not massively, but a little bit from the original asking price that it was put onto the market with. Uh, I discovered that through... Uh, with Patma monitoring tools and it's sending me an email by the way just just obviously plug in (laughs) (laughs) the property was marketed as being in in good condition I mean I'll I shall quote from from the listing it says the home has been well maintained throughout allowing for any potential buyers to simply move in and enjoy your new home without delay so I thought having been reduced a little bit and with such a, a good description, it it could be a, a a good simple buy. Could go through easily because there's no chain, there's nobody living there. It would then be ready to, to let nice and quickly. Based on that, the the price wasn't too bad. I wouldn't want to offer quite the asking price, but I was prepared to offer pretty close to it. I'd done my calculations up front. I'd obviously allowed for for a little bit of cost in getting the property ready to let, but some £1,000-ish, some, something like that. It's pretty low, just to sort of tidy things up. But I, I was when I went to the viewing, I was ready to to be able to, to put, a offer, put an offer in if it was good. And, oh, my goodness, it was um, not quite what I was expecting from 
from the, <laughs> the the advert listing. I I just did norm, normal viewing, so quick twenty minute walk around the house. And as I said, I couldn't couldn't touch anything, so I couldn't open and prod at things that I normally would. There were sort of patches on walls and ceilings and bits in bathrooms that looked a bit loose. And is that normally I would sort of poke and prod at, and especially in an empty house. And see if see if things are loose or damp or whatever, and you can't do that. It's yes, it's very strange and a bit frustrating. But did the viewing, walked around, did ask the agent to open a few cupboards and bits and pieces in the kitchen, so at least I could look at things there. And the agent had already opened uh, the cupboard thing for the hot water tank and, and stuff like that, so I was able to to look at those bits. I'll, I'll give you a, a quick run through of the fairly long list of things I, I ended up with after view, after the viewing of things that I think need doing to this this house that that is ready to move into without delay it needs new kitchen appliances there is a built-in fridge freezer that has gone all moldy and disgusting inside because obviously it's been left closed and hasn't been touched for for months there's a, a dishwasher and a washing machine present in the property as well i couldn't poke at those but i strongly suspect they'll be in a similar situation around the the built-in fridge freezer the doors on it when when it's closed it looks perfect but as soon as you open it the doors fall off they aren't attached properly to the to the fridge freezer behind it that you can't close them hence because they've fallen off as you as you've opened them the wood frame around the built-in fridge freezer is rotting away and and i should add also that this is a relatively new built house it's less than 15 years old <laughs> so i really wasn't expecting things like this yeah, the, the wood frame around it's damaged and, and obviously rotted a bit from, from water damage. Look under the kitchen cupboards. The, uh, some of the kick plates are missing. When they open the kitchen cupboards, one of the drawers falls off. It does, doesn't run properly. The shelves are all yellowed and stained. There's various bits of damage to the, to the cupboard backs and the, the, the woodwork. So lots of that would actually need probably more than just cleaning or Fixing, I think some of it. And did you um, were you having this sort of conversation with the um, estate agent? Yes, I mean, I, I was talking to him about all the things that, that were here, that were there, and he was saying, "Yeah, we we have told the vendor that they should really try and fix some things up." We, I've only talked about the kitchen units. the The boiler was showing an error code. The central heating system pressure was at zero, so central heating clearly wasn't working. Boiler wasn't heating any water. I don't know whether whether that was a because the gas might have been turned off or something. I mean, I have no idea, but but it was showing an error code. And the the, the bath panel had a had looks like it had been hit by with a sledgehammer. I mean, it had a big um, hole. No, not well. It had big cracks radiating out from an impact point. <laughs> so I mean, it, you you clearly couldn't leave it to to rent out. There were bits missing from. The various other bits of sort of, oh, I can't think of the right words. In, in a bathroom where you've got sort of bits of plastic finishing off corners and edges and stuff, there were several of those missing around the showers and the, the bath. The shower um, heads were not in the holders because they'd been replaced and they were clearly been replaced with ones that didn't now fit into the holders that were on the walls. So they were just hanging down. I mean, minor, but something that would need sorting out. The the carpets were in a terrible state. 
There, there were stains all over the place. Uh, they were well worn in, in certain places, especially on the stairs and hallways, but, but elsewhere in other rooms as well. Doors. The, the doors had uh, the, the wooden doors with some kind of sort of coating stuff on them. The, the coating was peeling off most of the doors. So the, the tops and the bottoms, the, the coating was just, just peeling away. So again, clearly couldn't, couldn't leave that there. So you'd have to replace doors. The general decoration in the place was, was awful. There were holes where things had been put on walls and pulled off badly. Curtain rails, they were up in several rooms. However, that some of them were just wonky. Some of the fixings had fallen off. So the curtain rail was no longer in, in place properly. There were lots of lots of patches on walls that where paint had been been chipped off or filled in and wasn't right. So most of the property would probably need repainting. There was wooden flooring on the ground floor. However, it was missing the, the strips between rooms. The edging hadn't been finished off properly. It didn't meet with the skirting correctly. There were bits of paint on the uh, on, on the wood flooring in places where the skirting had been patched up and it, it got it on the wood. Again, the general sort of state of the wooden floor was was okay, but a, perhaps a little questionable places. One of the one of the external doors, so the, the the back door to the property, the agent proactively told me, "Oh yeah, that that doesn't work. I can't open that to show you the back garden." <laughs> um, why why have you not got these things fixed? It's just just a, such a long list of things all over the place. So I couldn't go out into the the back garden, but not through the back door. But there was a a rear gate, so I went round and and had a look at that. And the, the, there's a, a tile missing from the roof at the back. And it's a three-story house. So it's, it's going to be relatively difficult to get to, especially since it's in the back garden, which you can't get a vehicle to or anything to, to construct anything to go up there easily. So the back garden was mostly paved, but it's paved on multiple levels. And the, the cement between some of the steps w- was gone and some of the brickwork was damaged and, missing in places. There was a shed in the back garden. It was full of junk. Paperwork and cushions and just random stuff. Uh, in the house as well, there were odd bits of furniture that had been left. And I asked, asked the agent about these things. And he said, um, well, the vendor could probably remove it if, if you want, really wanted them to. But he, he didn't sound at all optimistic that they would actually remove these things so then you've got to get someone in to, to clear the place <laughs> well i think um i think most of the time you, you can have you request vacant possession in those scenario can't you because I, I i've done that before where we bought a property and they had multiple it was a property with a quarter an acre of land on it and so it had a couple of sheds and a garage all of which were brimming and, and a um and a greenhouse all with stuff in it and when we arrived and all of that stuff was still there, I, I said, okay, fine, I'll arrange for waste removal, but I passed that cost on via the solicitor and, and they had to pay for the removals. So, Yeah, I mean, you, you can request it. doesn't mean they'll agree. <laughs> well, if, if it's in the contract as a vacant possession. Well, yeah, but that's the thing. They, they may well say that it's, it's sold as seen um, rather than that, that it will be completely vacant and cleared of, of stuff. 
So yeah, it, it depends what they agree to in the contract. Yeah. Yeah, but then, so of course at this stage. So I think I think it's clear that the property that you could move into right away and get living in is it was not the case. So would it be a property you would have considered? Well, obviously because you're viewing it. So so where have you got to? So I didn't put in an offer as I was there, which I thought I might have maybe if it was really as good as the, the description. Instead, I came away and said, I shall think about that. So I made my long list of stuff, worked out kind of costs that I thought might be involved, the time, and therefore the, the mortgage payments and council tax would be needed during that time of repair as well. And it came out to quite a large number. I, I reckon sort of in the region of 20,000, then probably plus some contingency. And of course, repairs and, and refurbs, while you expect that they will add more value to the property that, than they're doing, I think in this case, I think it's just trying to get it back to the correct level rather than really pushing it beyond that. And indeed, some properties you might have the option to extend to a, a loft space or something like that. And, and this property doesn't because it's already got something in the loft. So yeah, it was really just bring it up to that, that basic state. So I don't think you really build much value from doing this level or this kind of refurb to this particular property. And because you can't leverage it, you can't get a mortgage against the refurb costs, all the money you have to spend on such a refurb has more effect on what you can what you can pay for a property than, than simply the raw cost of the, the refurb, assuming you're aiming for a certain ROI, which is the, the driving thing that I'm aiming for. So I came home, did all my calculations. The offer I was thinking I might be able to put in, I had to take a big chunk off it for for refurb plus the impact it had on uh, the ROI from not being able to finance that amount of money. And I thought, well, it's a long way below asking, but what the hell, may as well put in an offer and and see what happens. So I did. And yeah, I don't don't think the agent liked it very much. (laughs) Um, They they did obviously put it to the the vendor and I, I put in my sort of pitch to the agent that, of course, I'm I'm not part of a chain. I'm a reliable buyer. I can move quickly because the, the the vendors obviously had this house sat empty for a while, so they were keen on that. And uh, and yeah, the agent came back and said, "That's very nice, but for that that offer, the vendor just doesn't care about moving quickly or anything. It's just not they're just far far too low for them." <laughs> so uh, percentage wise, how how far under the offer is it? Uh, let me just work that out for you. Hang on a second. I was. That's not actually as bad as it might be. I offered thirteen percent under asking. No, that doesn't sound bad at all to me. No. Obviously, depends on the asking price. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's um it's a, a three bed house in Red Hill, so I mean, you can probably has has a guess at the kind of range it was in. And it was it was a new build. It's not new build. Fifteen year old new build mm. in a in a fairly nice area of Red Hill. So it's yeah, it, it was at the upper end of what I would have considered generally anyway so uh so yeah i uh, 13% actually that's, that's not nearly as bad as I, I thought it might have been it's obviously a fairly large figure monetarily but yeah, as a percentage not so bad but, uh, but yeah they, they didn't want to go for it and the property has actually since i put that offer in been taken off the market as a sole subject to contract so we shall we shall see what happens to it it's, it's been taken off the market previously a couple of months ago as sold as well and and came back a week later <laughs> so um, we shall see. But, um, but yes, it doesn't look like I'm buying this particular one. No. 
and based on what you've said, it didn't sound like it was necessarily the right property. But as always, for the right price, we'd get involved. But I think it was a really good point you made there, actually, just to bring it out around the the works required not being able to be leveraged. So let's just say you were buying something for 300k and you've got a 75% loan to value on that. Obviously, yeah, you're, just your deposit on that is 75k at a 25%. I'll take your word for that. My mental arithmetic's not good enough. But to, if, if that was a property that was good to go, that's fine. But then to add another 20k onto that of of that of your 75k budget obviously we know there's other costs that's significant you know it's almost a third of your you know it's almost a 30 percent increase on the the money the cash in so your thinking there for me is is quite a good one in terms of the logic so i think it it makes a lot of sense yeah exactly so i mean if you if you're looking at asking price of three hundred thousand, and you conclude you need to do twenty thousand pounds worth of work to it you can't just say, okay, I can offer 280 because of the of the 300, you're only going to put in 75,000. But then if you offer 280, I'll just break out a calculator quickly. and It's 5,000 5, pounds. You need to put in 70,000. So you say, you're actually saving 5,000 of the money you put in. But now you've got to put in the 20,000 of refurb as well. So you've gone from putting in 75,000. Yeah, so you're going from putting 70,000 to put in in 90,000. Yeah, exactly. You, you've got to put in a lot of extra money as an actual cash to be able to, to proceed with it. And then if you're looking at the same rental value at the end of it, the, your ROI drops a lot because you put in so much extra investment for the return on investment part of the, the calculation. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, hence you have to reduce the, the offer. You can't put in 280. You've got to put in, I don't know, 260 or something. To, to compensate for that a bit yeah it's it's why it's really important because because i think it's a, a good thing to underscore that the net difference wasn't less than twenty thousand. it was actually an increase of fifteen thousand because you yes you've taken 20k off the asking price but actually your costs and we're being simple we've not added in stamp duty we've not added in solicitors costs and everything else but just for the simplicity yeah. the your costs have actually increased by 15k so then what you've just talked about there is yield might might look better based on your new asking price, but actually return on capital employed, that's going to change. So it's, so it's quite important to be clear on the numbers that we as investors want to work before we before we do these things. So I think it's a, it's a, a great example of uh, of why why the numbers are so important up front. Yes, indeed, and and a good example of why I'm never convinced with just looking at yield because as you say lower asking price better yield but oh, sorry not asking price lower purchase price better yield but it just doesn't flow through into the actual cash flow that matters you have to look at roi or roce or numbers along those lines where you're actually comparing the profit you get compared to the the total money you're putting in rather than just the, the headline figures that include leverage and mortgage and what have you. Yeah, I think we've spoken about it before because for me, yield is its just the first indicator I look at to determine whether my level of interest in a property. And then that's it. I mean, from there on, it might get brought out if I'm talking to a bank or an investor. But other than that, it's not particularly useful to me anymore, yield. 
it's it's about net profit, monthly recurring revenue, and and the other things that you've talked about. Yeah, exactly. I do wonder what what offer was actually accepted on this property. I wonder if my my crazy low offer softened up the vendor to to whatever offer came next. <laughs> well, I, I was going to say that, and that's that's often how it works, though, isn't it? Because I was thinking when you when you first started talking about it, when people put these properties up and you said it had dropped in price and then we've kind of got this anchor in our mind haven't we that okay it was up for 300 or or whatever the asking was and now it's come down to 295 or 290 all of a sudden we think oh there's a bit of a deal now it could be that well you've looked around it and it wasn't even a 290 property let alone (laughs) no great but then the the market, if it's been on there for a while, has spoken, and but some vendors just aren't necessarily listening. But then you come in with your thirteen percent under asking, and then the vendor has to say, "Okay, well that that's that's the only reason, that's the only offer I've had." And you're then used as leverage by the estate agent to someone else. Says actually, you might get away with a seven percent under offer. So yeah, yeah, cried. And if if someone was looking to buy this property to live in, you can. You can obviously move in and put up with it being a bit rubbish, assuming you fix the boiler and the heating and sort of the, the the real essentials. And then you can do the other repairs and stuff around you, or or you could just accept it being a bit rubbish. But if you're buying it as an investment property and then putting it out to the market to rent, it it's got to be good. You you can't you can't expect to find good, well-paying tenants for a property that's falling to pieces. No. No, that's uh, that's our learning. Yes, indeed, indeed. I appear to have been talking for a long time, <laughs> and and uh, we're kind of out of time. Should we wrap this one up, or if you, you've got anything else you, you'd like to cover before we uh, before we finish this week? No, let's call it a wrap. And for anyone else with any other interesting stories around this, please do send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. We uh, we gratefully receive all emails and messages. And as always, all information on thebusinessofproperty.com. And we'll see you next week.